What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Not Gonna Lie. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry, and today I'm joined with podcast host and Bleacher Report analyst, Connor Rogers. Thanks so much for being on. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks for having me, dude. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. You're on one side of the country, so it took us a little time to make the times work, but uh, I appreciate you getting up a little earlier for us East Coasters here. Yeah, no, anything to, to have you on. Before we get started in a lot of the interview process and talking about football, uh, I just want to kind of give you some some quick rapid-fire questions that you can answer so that our listeners can kind of learn learn a little bit about you in a short amount of time. Oh, no doubt. Let's do it. Uh, fire away. Uh, I'll give you the, uh, hopefully I'll give you the most honest answers as possible here that I can. All right. Sounds, sounds good. Okay. Favorite movie ever? Oh, ever. Uh, Apocalypse Now. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Uh, milk chocolate. I, that one I don't even think is close. I actually am like <laughs> skeptical of people that prefer dark chocolate. I think as I've gotten older, I've, I've grown to appreciate it a little more, but I can't have like more than the tiniest piece of it. Really? Oh, I'm yeah, I'm, it's, I'm it's, the total yeah. opposite. I'm a, I'm a dark chocolate guy. So It's too it's almost too rich for me. Maybe that makes me a child. I have no <laughs> idea, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a milk chocolate guy. Yeah, I think it just makes me feel healthier eating dark chocolate as opposed to milk chocolate. So that is something that they try to sell on people. I have no idea why. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know the. I don't know the science behind it, but it makes me feel good, so I like it. Okay. Um. Let's see. Biggest pet peeve. Oh, I have. I have plenty of them. Uh, being in New York, definitely. <laughs> I I can't walk behind slow walkers and like. I used to get mad, and then I realized it's a me problem. Like, I just walk so insanely fast, and I, I think it's because I work in an area near Times Square that's such a tourist hotbed, and they're just, like, walking around looking at things, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get to work as fast as possible. Uh, so I'm a really fast walker. They're, I mean, I have more, but they're, like, so niche little things. Um it like yeah, that's the big one. The slow walkers absolutely drives me insane. Okay, all right. Who would play you in the movie? Like a, a movie about your life? Who would play you? Oh, that's so. It's funny. We actually like play this game at Bleacher Report like once a year. We have this like day of lunch where we we all just start picking actors or actresses for everyone around the office. This is when the office was smaller too, so it's a little harder to do now. <laughs> I, I actually. I don't know. Like, I want to selfishly, and I don't think I'm anything close to him. I want, anyone would want to say, like, Ryan Gosling. I think that's who I'd want to go with, just for my own selfish reasons. I don't think that would be a good fit for me. Um, God, I've gotten, like, really weird actor comparisons. Like, guys, like, way out there ones. So, I, I don't even know. It's actually one of those questions that I would prefer to pose to other people. <laughs> okay. So, maybe, maybe what we'll do is we'll put a picture of you up on on the podcast Twitter and people can, can yeah, give yeah. you, give you uh, a good actor comparison. So we'll, we'll see what kind of, what kind of ones you get. All right, deal. Okay. If you had one superpower, what would it be and why? I mean, everybody always likes to say flying mm-hmm. and I didn't appreciate that one as much until these last two years where I've been on like 900 planes <laughs> and no matter what you get, TSA pre-check clear, Going through airport security or any form of an airport at the gate is just, like, I get used to it. I really do. But there's no form of used to it where you're excited about it. And I love traveling. I love going places. And I don't even mind being on the plane flying. Like, 
I can fall asleep before takeoff. That's how accustomed to it I am. Or I'll find stuff to do, whether it's just sit there and listen to music and enjoy that my phone has, like, no access for an hour. It's probably, like, healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say flying for, like, the most practical and, like, logistical reasons. I think that would actually help me a lot. Um, Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I mean, it's tough, like... Like you, what do you like? At some point, strength just kind of like there's not a lot of places you could use it. Like you can't just go like throwing things around. That's no. not really that fun. No, so that, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the most useful one would be flying. Okay. Yeah. No, I I agree. I think I think that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So one final one, best piece of advice you've ever been given. Um, I think going back to when I was coming out of college, and this is something I'm sure we'll talk about eventually, or I mean, we keep talking about now. Uh, when I had to make the decision of going into my field, it was basically one of those situations where I could have taken a job. I came out of school with a business degree, so I had job offers for you know decent level entry money in marketing and sales in that mm-hmm. world in New York City. And instead, I went for the you know really low level uh, job with Bleacher Report as a research assistant, which was like maybe half the salary oh, wow. uh, kind of cut. And and my mom was like you could always go back to those other things. Like they'll always be there. You're at the point of your life where you should, you should take risks and try things. And I think that's the kind of advice that like a lot of people need is that like, you need to assess like when it's the right time to take a risk because like there's people on the internet that'll be like, Oh, just go for it now. And like life's not that simple. It it really isn't. You have to really know when it's the right time. But then there's also people that are always scared to make the move. So I kind of credit my mom for being the person that was, the one to open my eyes and be like, just go for it. Like you're not going to die if it fails. So it's one of those things that I always look back to. Well, yeah, no, that's definitely really cool. So I definitely know being a lifelong sports fan that, that uh, your love for sports is grown from a young age. Like there's no question that uh, at least for, for a lot of us, like growing up, we have these experiences and these memories that like kind of stick with us and make us, love the sports that we love I guess if you could say so um do you have any of those any of those sports memories uh growing up as a kid that you're like wow this is like this is why I love sports I think for me it's so I grew up in a family we don't have them anymore but my dad and uncle split Jets season tickets so they each had a seat they would split some games so they'd get two tickets for some games and um, when you look at it, for me, my dad—I mean, the Meadowlands in New Jersey, and the old Meadowlands at the time for Jets games—is like not the easiest place to bring kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. So my mom wouldn't let him bring me until I think I was five. So the first time I went to a Jets game, and I think when I was five, he took me to a Jets Ravens preseason game because it's like a little more tame of yeah. a crowd. There's mm-hmm. like levels. I, I mean, it's like this at any NFL game, but especially in New Jersey. Um, or, or like, we, I mean, we say New York, but the stadium is in New Jersey, and I'm from New York, and, it, like, primetime games are just out of control. Any night games are out of control. One o'clocks are, are generally somewhat tame, but still, but then the preseason's like the cupcake game, right? So, mm-hmm, yeah, I think walking into the stadium, like, down the steps, and being that close to a football field I had seen on TV for years was the cool like it's, you only get that experience once right like the yeah. first time you go to a ballpark the first time you go to a football game first time you see a hockey rink so for me being a, a football stadium 
it was just honestly, it, it was the coolest thing. And I think to piggyback off that, I think a year later, or it might have been that game, uh, Joe Namath was on the sidelines because he has stayed close with the Jets like since retirement forever. He's always around. And my dad brought me down to the front row during warm-ups and yelled out to him. And he was like really nice, like waved and said hello to us and all this stuff. And I had no idea who the hell it was. So and my dad's like, you have no idea who that was or what that meant, but one day you'll really appreciate it. And now that I'm 27 years old, I look back and I was like, man, when I was like five or six years old, like Joe Namath saying, like coming over and saying hello to me in the stands is like one of those things that you just will never forget. Wow. Yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. Okay, so did you play sports growing up as a kid? I played pretty much everything growing up, and then when I got older, I, I really like zeroed in on lacrosse. That became my – there was no seasons off, pretty much. I mean, it was – we used to play summer ball, fall ball, indoor in the winter, um, and then obviously spring ball was the, was the main season. Any time you had between that, you could just wait and speed train. So I, I love lacrosse. I'm still passionate about it. It was, it was great playing it growing up. I mean, I really loved – playing everything growing up but eventually when you get to like you you always are going to learn what you what you're passionate about or even what you're good at Mm -hmm. i think and then in college uh i I was kind of like i thought i was done with all kinds of sports because i I wanted to focus on school and that was super important to me i knew i wasn't the type of athlete that was going to be like in any pro ranks or anything like that but i actually got into powerlifting uh competitively very competitively so it, it was kind it was kind of a cool thing to pick up in my, you know, when I was like 19, 20 years old, and it's something that uh, I learned to love as well. So in college, you, you mentioned before that you had a business degree. So what kind of got you interested in moving towards like sports media and eventually your job at Bleacher Report? It was a windy road. I mean, I got there and I thought I wanted to be a lawyer or detective. And I thought the lawyer was like the high end of the spectrum kind of goal where I'm like, okay, if this, if school is, you know, I don't want to say easy, but as manageable as I think I can get my law degree and maybe become an agent, you know, maybe get into criminal law. But I knew maybe I could have a fallback and become a detective because I'm one of those people that's like a, almost like a pain in the ass kind of problem solver. Like it just kind of wears on me until it's done. So I thought that'd be the right job. And when I got into the criminal justice program, my, my first professor I ever had in the program basically like laid out all of the things that you need to do to like get to that point of like being a lawyer and stuff like all the reading and he's like if, th- if you don't like this like this is not for you i'm gonna tell you now why you're still 18 years old and can switch and, and it was a good course but by the end of it i was like i don't like this isn't for me like I- i'm a hands-on kind of person like mm-hmm. I-, I don't i think i got I-, I like school and like i didn't mind reading but it was just so dry so dry i mean the amount of reading law requires so I switched. I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, my sister had a business degree, and I was like, it's a pretty wide-open degree where I knew I'd be good at marketing, and I, I thought there was an opportunity maybe to get into sports somehow with marketing. Like Sports seemed like such a long shot back then that I never expected even anything close to this. So I got the degree in the business school, which was a great program at the University of Albany, I mean, and they built an incredible program, a, a gigantic new uh, building for it on campus. And, and when I got out of school, I was like, okay, I'll get into sales and hopefully make some connections get into sports marketing. And I, uh, I was writing at the time for free and I was doing some podcast spots and I was just honestly just a guy that liked college football and liked the New York Jets. And I, I think it almost became a side hobby obsession 
watching prospects and, and just keeping up with everything and push comes to shove I, I i got a chance and kind of ran with it so where would you describe yourself right now like what would you give your your job title as yeah it's, it's once again been a windy road i mean right now i i, I cover college football in the nfl draft for bleacher report and i'm the host of our stick to football podcast with matt miller then I wear a lot of hats behind the scenes uh, with our, whether it's our social department, whether it's, you know, even consulting with branded projects at times or premium projects at times with other people I work with. Um, you know, it's, it's a place where you could do so many things. And I, and I think it's a place that has mastered or done a really nice job with social media by having the right young minds in there to cover different sports. Mm. And, and that's really a 24-7 kind of lifestyle i think that's another thing that makes it successful there is you have people that are always willing to put in the work so i've helped with our nfl draft production for years and years even our nba draft production at times basically just anywhere they need help i've done field shoots uh, i've been in the recruiting world before i mean it's just now a year and a half ago um i was out in san antonio with trevor lawrence at the army all-american bowl and oh, now he's a now he's the national champion. <laughs> it's like funny how time flies, and you're standing next to him, and you're like, "This person, this guy has an NFL arm, and he looks pretty good." And it's you know, it's funny how things move, things uh, quickly move. But yeah, it's just a place where I've done so many different roles. I think you know, it's starting to get a little more funneled now with the growth of Stick to Football. Mm-hmm. That I'll pretty much be making that show as great as it could be and making our coverage of college football at the NFL and the NFL draft and especially the NFL offseason as best as it could be. You said that you know you don't like being bored but you, it seems like you don't have really a dull moment when it comes to working for Bleacher Report. No, definitely not. So really when I got out of school I, I was hoping I could latch on as an intern in the scouting department somewhere and, and I think those opportunities don't really come to you unless you made the right connections in college and I hadn't done that in the sports world yet because I've been in the business world for so long mm-hmm. and you look at you know guys go and they GA at their schools or other schools and then they can maybe get an internship at an NFL team and you know I, I eventually did make the right connections where I might have had a very, very low-level opportunity but I had a good thing going with Bleacher Report that I wanted to continue. Mm-hmm. And I was I was fortunate to learn from the right people. Like, I love scouting. I've watched football all my life, and I think I understand, you know, what makes an athlete great, you know, in any sport necessarily. But with football, there's so many nuances. There's so many little details in the scouting process, and I was lucky to meet people that – really talented people that could teach me and that, you know, could make me better. And I, I think what's great about this profession is that, you know, you're just, you're always working on getting better. There's no, there's no end game. It, it's just been a lot of fun. I, I've really enjoyed it. And it's something that fortunately just, it, it keeps getting better to me. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. Uh, you you kind of touched on this a little bit, but what are some experiences that you've been able to um, have because you worked for Bleach Report. So, like, what places have you been able to cover and things that you've been able to do? Uh, just this college football season alone, I mean, for, for scouting purposes and for covering college football purposes, I was at um, TCU, Iowa State, uh, Georgia, LSU, Miami, Florida State, uh, the Rose Bowl with Washington and Ohio State. So, UCLA, Arizona, you know, just some Ohio State, Michigan some really great games and you know some really great atmospheres on those campuses 
So it was, um, you know, th- this was a special year for me because the amount of games I got to go to, and once again, something that makes you better at your job, makes you better as a scout, as an analyst. Mm-hmm. And before that, though, I- I've done so many cool things. Like, I mean, when, you know, Warren G., uh, his kid is at USC now, but when his kid Elijah was a top recruit, like we went out to LA to watch him play and, and you know, Warren G is a legend in LA. So mm-hmm. for, so we went up to him and he was like, yeah, just come over to the house, eat dinner and you could, you know, do an interview. And so like, I got to go and eat dinner at Warren G's house and like do the <laughs> interview with him and his kid. And that's like the kind of thing when you're like, man, I never in a million years would I expect myself here. Like you hear regulate like 8 million times and you're mm-hmm. just like, Oh, I'm at Warren G's. So that was cool. I mean, an amazing family, and, and his kid is a special player uh, for USC. And then I've worked with so many different, you know, whether it's recruits or athletes that have come in Bleacher Report, whether it's been outside Bleacher Report, uh, interviews I've done for Stick to Football. Or, you know, I mean, we had Pat Mahomes, Todd Gurley, like some of the be- Christian McCaffrey, like some of the best players in the NFL have come on the show and just been so great to the show. So, I think those are experiences sometimes I don't actually stop myself and appreciate enough because at the end of the day, it's work and you want it to be a great product. But at the end of the day, it's also such a special opportunity. And I, I think being at a place like that is the reason for it. Yeah, no, that that definitely sounds uh, pretty cool. I'll definitely have to try and figure out a way to, to get guys like that to come on this podcast. That'd be, it's that'd be it's awesome. tough, I'll say that. <laughs> I, I've had a lot of help along the way. Let's just say that. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I'm sure it'll be an uphill battle, but, you know, at least got to try. I feel like I have to have you on to talk at least some NFL draft and, and NFL offseason. Of course. So, so let's transition here. There's a couple of questions that have come out of the combine that um, I kind of want to get your take on and then – whether this is for real or, or uh, you know, just, just rumors. But Kyler Murray at the Combine showed out a little bit, and some some reporters are saying that he could go number one. Like, he's he may be the new favorite to go number one. Is that something that you see happening? Yeah, I mean, a couple of months ago on Stick to Football, when we reported that he was going to play football in full-time and not baseball, we said that there was always a chance of this because of Cliff Kingsbury. That was the biggest mm-hmm. thing. This was right after the Cliff Kingsbury hire. I, I, part of me wonders if Cliff took the job knowing he had the power to do what he wants with this number one overall pick. And it, Cliff loves Kyler Murray. He always has loved Kyler Murray since he was in high school. And, and I think it's one of those things where it, people are expecting him to go number one because that comes with the assumption that Cliff Kingsbury can get his way here. Now, the caveat is, will Steve Kine be willing to move on from the investment that was Josh Rosen just mm-hmm. a year ago? And that was a big one. They moved up to the 10th overall pick to take him. That's a cheap move. So it, and when it comes down, and they're not going to get a good return if they trade him. It's probably going to get a, probably gonna fetch a second-round pick or a third-round pick in return. So I do believe he can go number one. If I was a betting man and had to put money on it, I would bet on him going number one. I don't think it's necessarily a, a this lock because anything can happen when teams go through the scouting process and rank players but when it comes down to it i think if cliff kingsbury has his way kyler murray will be the number one overall pick guys like kyler murray like for example a russell wilson uh kind of undersized uh but an, an extreme athlete had like russell wilson in his first few years in the league had marshawn lynch and arguably one of the best defenses ever to back him up but Kyler Murray's not going to have that on the Cardinals. 
So, like, what do you, what do you think? How how successful is he going to be if he goes to the Cardinals, or do you think it matters what team he goes on? Well, I actually think the Cardinals are a good landing spot because of Cliff. Now, they no no secret they have some problems of their own. This is a team devoid you know devoid of talent. I think they need an offensive line in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love David Johnson. They got to get younger at wide receiver. They need weapons and. and the good thing is when you're sitting with the number one overall pick, you don't have to trade all your other picks to go up. They can take Kyler Murray and use other picks on the offensive line, on weapons. They have money in free agency. They've been very proactive in the early free agency market of players that were eligible to sign. So when I look at this situation, I do think it's a good landing spot for him. Uh, I think Kyler Murray can be a successful NFL quarterback. I think he's a tremendous athlete with a very good arm. I think he protects his body very, very well. And I think in an offense where, you know, things will be pretty spread wide open for him under Cliff Kingsbury with a lot of quick reads, I think he could be very successful because he can execute in the quick read game and he can execute as a guy that improvises and creates and extends, not just runs, but extends pass plays with his legs. So I'm excited about it. And if this is the route they go, I completely understand. You want If you went out and you hire... Cliff Kingsbury, which is a bold, bold move, and I like Cliff Kingsbury a lot. I think he's a great coach, but when when you hire a guy that was fired from the college ranks, it's a risky move, so you better equip him with the tools he wants to be successful. Yeah, no question. Uh, another guy making news at the Combine was DK Metcalf. So he had one of one of the best, I think, Combine stat lines in history. He ran a 4-3-3, 40-yard dash, 27 reps, 225 pounds, 40-inch vertical, and 134-inch broad jump, and he's he's a full-grown man at his position. Like, there's no doubt about it. Besides DK Metcalf, who was somebody else that didn't get us talked about as much that maybe you you liked out of the combine, someone that we should be looking out for? Well, I think, obviously, we talked about Kyler Murray. He's a tremendous athlete. You know, somebody that doesn't really didn't get talked about enough, I thought Nicole Hardman from Georgia, this, their smaller wide receiver, he lit up the track. He's got excellent speed and I think with McCall, the big thing is that speed is on tape. And I'm not saying DK's isn't. DK was hurt a lot. DK, for a lot of the season, DK does have straight line speed and that, you know, tremendous buildup. I think when you look at McCall, it's like he shot out of a cannon. And I see it on film. So out of the wide receiver group, I'm really excited about him. I don't think he's necessarily the most polished wide receiver, but I think his raw speed can make him an asset right away and the kind of work ethic that he has he'll work on the rest that's what's what's so great about that the linebackers and Blake Cashman kind of came out of nowhere and, and really shocked everyone and tested very well uh, Brian Burns and Chase Winovich and Montez Sweat those three pass rushers were just phenomenal phenomenal I mean the way they ran you know some of the three cone times for them the weight they carried the muscle weight they carried so a lot of people came in prepared for this combine. I think it was one of the better groups we've seen in a while. Yeah, another one that, that really jumped out at me was um, Quinnen Williams out of Alabama running that four, what was it, four, eight, four? The oh, four, he has, for his size. He yeah, for, for his size, yeah. Uh, fourth fastest 40 time by a 300 pound plus um, athlete, which is which is just crazy. They, they put up this line. He ran faster than Jimmy Garoppolo at the um, at the combine. So that's definitely it's, it's something. It's amazing when you look at them side by side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's that would be a little bit of nightmare fuel for um, some of those slower quarterbacks, knowing that you cannot run uh, that defensive tackle. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little scary, and I think it's safe to say 
Quinn Williams is going to be a top four pick in this draft after that. Oh, yeah, no question. So free agency news has been um, another thing that's been circulating. One of the names that's been circulating is Antonio Brown. So Antonio Brown's had a weird, what is it, 15 hours or so? Uh, yeah. Last night I got the alert on my phone that uh, the Bills had agreed uh, or were moving towards agreeing on a trade with the Steelers for Antonio Brown, and it's going all over all over Instagram and Twitter, and then Antonio Brown comments fake news, and now this morning the deal is the deal is off. So that that was kind of that was kind of weird. I don't I don't really know what all happened there. Yeah, I think well, number one, it was good for you that it happened. You know, you're on the West Coast, and you got the notification at like eight thirty or yeah, nine. Mm-hmm. For me, it, it extended my night into the wee hours of the night. But uh, there's nothing wrong with that. That's this time of year it makes it fun. So you try to figure. I mean, the deal comes through at what eleven, eleven thirty, eleven thirty, and then you sit there and you go, okay, and then twelve thirty, it starts to feel like it's not happening. And in those situations, it's not that the deal was called off; it's that there never was a deal. That's the issue with this. I think Antonio Brown did not want to play there. I think he wasn't going to redo his contract to play there. I think he might have just opted to retire. And it's one of those situations where. The Bills might have just checked in and the market wasn't there. So uh, it's interesting what's going to happen with A.B. because the Steelers don't have to move him and he doesn't have to play. And I think if he doesn't get moved, that'll just be it, which is bizarre. It's going to turn into really a stare down. And now this is the second year in a row the Steelers Mm -hmm. are facing a stare down with a superstar skill talent. And it's... I'm not saying the Steelers are wrong on either. I'm not saying they're right. I think it would have been smart to figure out a deal with Le'Veon Bell, but they didn't want to play themselves in the running back market. Antonio Brown has internal issues there that I'm sure some he is right on. I'm sure Big Ben can, you know, might not be the leader he wants to follow. And I'm sure at the same time, Antonio Brown could be, a, you know, pain in the butt when he wants 10 to 15 catches a game. So these are problems that you'd prefer to see adults work out and and they don't always work them out. And I think it's now really shown that in the trade market that teams aren't willing to give up a first round pick for Antonio Brown. And I think that's, what's creating such a drastic holdup right now. Yeah, no, there's no question. Where do you think that Antonio Brown does land? Do you think that he sits out this year or do you think they make a trade? And if so, with what team? Oh, man, I, at this point, it's like we're running out of options. The Raiders felt like they were in it so long. Um, I think Peter Schrager on the, on the herd yesterday said the Saints are a dark horse. I would like to see that one happen. But, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, you got to figure out the money and all that. So at this point, it, it, it seems like this saga is just going to drag along. And that's the issue here. Unless the Steelers are willing to give him up or not a lot. And right now, they don't appear willing to do that. So we've got a couple a couple minutes left here on the podcast. So I just want to do another another rapid fire round. So I just want you to give me uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to give you a name of a player in free agency, and then I just want you to tell me where they're going to go and then why they're going there. All right, these are going to be strictly predictions. Then I okay. Uh, let's do it. Let's yeah. Do it. No. Yeah. They're they're not binding. We won't we won't hold you to it. Okay. Le'Veon Bell. I still think it's the New York Jets. I don't think his market's going to be strong. I, I, like I said, uh, you know, on the shows a couple of times, I think the Ravens, Bucks, and Eagles will be interested as well. But I think at the end of the day, the Jets will have the best offer for him, and that's what it's all about. Landon Collins. I, I like the Packers or the Chiefs in this situation. I think both of them need more attitude on the back end of their defense. 
I think the Chiefs will explore the Earl Thomas market first, and that might lead to Collins being a Packer. Trey Flowers. This one, I think we actually might get the actual Buffalo Bills <laughs> on this one. <laughs> I could see him going with Brian Flores to Miami, but I don't know if Miami is looking to add win-now pieces this offseason. They really might tank it. And I think when you look at Buffalo, they have the money and the need to get this one done. Nick Foles. The easiest one of them all, Jacksonville Jaguars. They got Filippo there as his coach, and they got the money, and this is the, the guy they want. Okay, and, and one more, Teddy Bridgewater. God, this is this is the absolute wild card. I mean, <laughs> I think the New York Giants should do this one. Mm-hmm. I'll say the Giants because if they have any idea what they're doing, which they've shown they don't, um, <laughs> I, I would say go get Teddy Bridgewater as a stopgap option. All right, I think that's going to do it for us here on the podcast. Thank you, Connor, for being with us. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, no doubt. It's been a blast. I appreciate you having me. Uh, Awesome questions. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. You can follow him on Twitter, Connor J. Rogers, and you can follow him on Instagram, Connor James Rogers. And you can also listen to his podcast, Stick to Football, which is uh, him and Matt Miller. Do you want to give a, a, a quick little... Last little plug for it before we go. Yeah, for sure. We're going to be doing, I mean, mock drafts every Monday, all of our NFL offseason insider buzz on Wednesday, and then Fridays, uh, Matt and his brother really, you know, have a great show where they go through various college football storylines, various NFL storylines. So three times a week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your shows for Bleacher Report, stick to football. Awesome. And and, in other podcast news, the website is now up. You guys can go check it out, notgonnalipod.com. Uh, we, we're adding some bloggers to the team, so we're going to have a lot more articles and some maybe not even about sports. Uh, you can order stickers on there. You can listen to podcast episodes. Uh, yeah, make sure you guys check it out, and thanks so much for listening.